I had a thing for the how are you doing this week, and I don't remember what it was. Okay. You weren't just going to answer how are you doing? <laughs> no, like... You had a whole bit? No, not a bit. Sometimes I have, like, my answers are like, I don't know, I went to work. Oh, okay. And, like, I didn't do anything. Like, but, like, I feel like I did something on Wednesday, but I don't remember what it was. Wow. Ah, well. Go for it. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the objectively best show you are listening to right now. I am Max. And I am JR. How's it going? Uh, I don't remember. All right. It's, it's, it's been a week, uh, I think. Mm. I did, I did the workout again this week, so that's good. Yay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I don't know. I went yeah. to work. That's about it, I think. Cool. And yourself? Uh, you know, I, uh, I taught my daughter. I played some Horizon Zero Dawn. Nothing, nothing worthwhile. I mean, I guess, I guess teaching my daughter is worthwhile. I was gonna let you walk back that one, but... You, you know what I mean, like... Nothing I really fulfilling. I didn't, I didn't do anything myself that felt super productive, uh, if that makes sense. Sure. Um... You know, I did obviously teach my daughter, and that's that's good. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was it was a real uh, a real barn burner of a week. Let me tell you, uh, mine was a slow burn. I know that it seemed to take forever yeah. because all I did was oscillate between being kind of bored and frustrated with how bored I was with work and being and then looking at the internet and going oh oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah and sort of just devolving into a puddle there alright news the the big news this week Marvel has announced they are going to be resuming uh distribution both digital and physical of their books as of may 27th uh i've not seen anything yet about dc so i don't know um but yeah so there will be new comics um doesn't really like doesn't really have a huge effect on us i guess uh because other than talking about news, that that's the only time we really talk about new comics. But whatever, it's—I uh, mean, stories. It'll be good for shops to have to figure out how what if they're opening, how they're opening. Yeah, I—I uh, I don't know. It's—it's it's good. It means Art. new stuff to read. So, who are they going to get to distribute? Or are they going to do it themselves? I don't know. I didn't see. I guess I should have read more of the press release. But, 
if they're doing anything that gets them one inch or two away from diamond, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. I, you know, it's not that I have any overwhelming problem with diamond. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't dislike diamond the way I dislike certain other, you know, businesses, but I'm just not a big fan of monopolies in general. And that's what diamond has. Yeah. That's, that's why I say I'm, it's like, I've never been personally, I I think I can make an argument, but I've, I've never been dissatisfied with the service I'm getting from diamond not that i'm actually the one utilizing the service but i mean the way that they do service the shops um but i know from the few comic shop owners and man managers that i've talked to just like off the cuff i've been like diamond sucks right and they're like fuck them fuck them yeah. so hard <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay um, well yeah but i mean yeah. that's that's because they have a monopoly and they can do whatever the hell they want um, right so, if anything, yeah. that, that's why I'm saying, like, anything that gets them an inch or two away from Diamond. They don't need to well, break that and, monopoly. It just needs to... And when I say... When I say I don't have a specific... The thing is, Diamond, Diamond doesn't have the abuses that I'm aware of that something like Amazon does. Sure. Um... Which is what I say when I'm I don't have a specific issue with Diamond. Yeah, Diamond sucks, but like all of the things that suck about them are a result of their having a monopoly. Yeah. If they didn't have a monopoly, I think those things would equalize somewhat. Um, or but because they're the only game in town, it's just kind of yeah. Or they'd find or what? new and inventive ways to suck. Right? Well, and maybe I don't know. I don't know. They, they're missing an opportunity, really. By having <laughs> all of the opportunities, they're not creating new opportunities. That's a take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I am really tired. Um, Same. Same as these. Uh, yeah. Speaking we, of we, tired, we were. We were. Uh, yeah dear follower uh we were up last night recording new episodes of how marvelous so there are new episodes coming um and as a result of that first of all if you listen to the next batch of episodes like back to back i will get progressively sloppy because i was drinking last night (laughs) Engaging in a little old school pain management. Uh, And it was also the fact that we were recording. We started recording it like shortly after nine o'clock, which as someone with a six year old, that means I am like, I'm up. By the time we were done recording, I was up several hours past my bedtime. Yeah, having a so, six-year-old, having a six-year-old, eleven or ten o'clock is the dead zone. Yeah, no, I mean it's it is it's 
and that's why it's really sucked being in in like shelter in place is because it means that we can't watch anything that's not PG or below uh, because we're not going to stay up late to do it. Like there is no, Hey, after she goes to bed, it's Hey, after she goes to bed, want to go to bed? (laughs) (laughs) Because she gets up at like fucking 5 AM. It's insane. Anyway. Well, and then my clock, my, my social clock says, no matter what, we're not, so I don't know, my inner clock says, no matter what you're doing, you need four hours of downtime after you're done with the last thing you're doing. And so we got done recording, and I immediately stayed up until two. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. So. Sorry. No, that's not your problem. It's mine. Um, and Jocelyn was off tomorrow, or today, so she was not exactly helping with the go to bed. It was, we both just sat there and did what we were doing. Yeah. Oh, she's playing uh, Animal Crossing on the Switch now. And it was just like Yahtzee did with his wife. She turned it on for the first half hour and was like, I don't think I'm going to like this at all. Two days later, she's stealing the Switch to go to work. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Which Um, I want to tell her about, but at the same time, I really don't want to discourage this because she's playing video games. So that's fun. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Speaking uh, of asleep, Marvel 2 uh, and 1. Marvel 2 and 1, number 26, has a cover by Ron Wilson and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Ron Wilson, inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by Janice Cohen, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman. Uh... Thing is approached by Nick Fury, who browbeats him into coming up to the Shield helicarrier. Um, and once they get there, Fury explains that the Fixer and Mentallo are loose and gunning for Thing, and things like why I didn't, I never, I've never dealt with these assholes. And Fury's like, yeah, we don't know, uh, but they are. Yeah. Uh, so Fixer and Mentallo then proceed to sneak aboard the helicarrier. Well, sneak to the helicarrier, and then they get inside, at which point everybody's alerted to their presence. But they manage to make their way to, uh, to Thing and Fury through the use of their, I don't know, they've got... I want to call them Cerebro Shells, because that's what uh, they were called when uh, the Insecticons used them in Transformers. But they're, they're mind control things that, like, attach, and then they control people. It's like um, server po- Servopods, which is even stupid. Servopods. Which is yeah. even stupid. Okay. Whatever. Um, but anyway, it doesn't Dumb. matter. Yeah, anyway, he they end up claiming, mind controlling a bunch of shield agents on the helicarrier uh throwing as many bodies as they can at ben and uh gassing or no they throw as many bodies as they can at um fury and they end up gassing thing which i didn't know was the thing that worked um and they 
kidnap thing. Uh, kind of end of issue. Like, well, they 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 kidnap thing and they take him away, and we find out that their plan. Oh yeah, they get all is to bring Deathlock. So the reason they targeted thing is they want him to get them into the Baxter building, which he does. And then they use Doom's time platform to snatch Deathlock from the time stream where where he was last tumbling and bring him to the present. Um, once, once that happens, um, the... We then get to, it's just like, and it's Deathlock, which brings us to Marvel 2-in-1 number 27, which has a cover by Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott, and is lettered by Len Wein. Um, They, uh, Deathlock is confused and just starts, like, threatening to kill everybody, but then uh, they use one of their Cerebro shells on him and take him over. Uh, they, the Mentalo uses one of his illusions to distract Thing and Nick Fury with the thing they're most scared of, which is apparently a dinosaur. Um, yeah. and it's like, guys, it's the seventies. Dinosaurs haven't been around for a while. Uh, <sighs> like unless you're playing with the time machine, you're probably safe, but oh wait, they were, um, so So, Fixer and Mentallo escape. Um, uh, it turns out that Fixer and Mentallo are planning to attack the inauguration of Jimmy Carter. Uh, the, the Fantastic Four work with Nick Fury, and they... Um, they go to the inauguration dressed in dressed in their finest and um things things proceed um deathlock is fighting the control that fixer has on him um he is not able to specifically disobey what they say However, he finds a loophole in that he is supposed to shoot at Carter. Um, but Fixer and Mentallo did not tell him to stay hidden. So he proceeds to walk out into the open and start yelling, you know, stop me. Uh, which I thought was a nice loophole there. Uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty well handled. Um, and he, and it's also revealed that he's not trying to murder Carter. It's a, uh, it's a mind control gun as right. well. Now, at one point, one thing I did forget to mention in the, in the, uh, preparation for their attack, Mr. Fantastic got on the phone and called somebody. Yeah. Um, so we don't find out who until the very end, at which point Deathlock uh, shoots Carter with the with the mind control gun, 
um, Carter goes down. Uh, they subdue Deathlock, at which point uh, it turns out that the Carter that was shot was actually the Impossible Man wearing some makeup since he can't not be purple and green, even though he was in Fantastic Four, but whatever. Um, so they capture Deathlock and the inauguration proceeds. Hooray. Um, this then sets off a weird ass run in Marvel two and one, wherein Ben and Alicia have the worst goddamn vacation ever. Um, a vacation so bad that they get their minds erased at one point and it's considered a mercy. Like, yeah, at the end, at the end, it's just like, you don't want to remember any of this doodly doodly do anyway. Yeah. Uh, Marvel two and one number 28 has a cover by Gil Kane. Pablo Marcos and Danny Crespi is inked by John Tartaglioni, colored by Irene Vartanoff, and lettered by uh, Irving Watanabe. So we start with Reed Richards looking at Deathlock aboard the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, and he's like, yeah, uh, the, the Deathlock cyborg has shut down, and, uh, he cannot remove the device that is controlling Deathlock. The Fixer said he is the only one who can, and the only way he will do that is if he's released and everybody's just like, ha-ha, no. Uh, so, but, Richards is just like, let's take him to England. I know a guy. Yeah, I know a dude who's the foremost geneticist or cyberneticist and uh something else bio biogeneticist or something they jammed a bunch of they jammed a bunch of prefixes together to call them words um yeah and uh ben's like cool i'll take him and if i'm going to london alicia's gonna want to go too because uh it'll be a good vacation for both of us Right. No, everyone's like, yeah, sure. Take your creepy cyborg and your girlfriend to London together. That's go for what it. I love. What I love is that everybody's just like, yeah, sure. I guess if you want to take your, uh, your girlfriend on a trip with a killer cyborg and yet the killer cyborg is never the problem yeah. the entire time. That's true. Um, Meanwhile, Namor happens to be coming back from uh, supervillain team up number 13, wherein he was being mind, or no, not mind controlled, coerced uh, by... Blackmailed. Yeah, by Doom. um, And he's finally free of that, and he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go save, or be Prince. He's finally got, like, his priorities in this week are really sweet. Like they're straightforward and like, there's none of this name or bullshit basically. Like he's like, I'm a go (laughs) beat. Cause he's in the water the whole time. No, no. I mean like he isn't 
hot-headed in uh, the normal Namor way, where it's like, you, or prideful. It's very, yeah. I'm going to go be king now. Yeah. And anybody who gets in the way of me, A, gets in the way of me being king, fuck you. And B, once I'm there and being king, if you get in the way of my people and their prosperity, then I will fuck you up. Not before. Like, yeah. and that part's cool. Like, I'm tired. And he even says at one point later, like, how he's tired of war and, like, tired of fucking with the surface dwellers and all of that. And he's like, look, if we can just protect ourselves, we're fine. Yeah. There's no need to go on the aggression. And every, I love that even his, his council members in that meeting, that's a much more interesting part, clearly. Um, I love that his council members in that meeting are even like, uh, yeah, no, we're tired of dying and coming back to life and being put in hibernation and coming back. That part sucks. Let's just, (laughs) let's just be fine. Yeah. Anyway, this issue. He's flying over England. Uh, he's attacked by Piranha. It, it's a it's a it's a humanoid named Piranha, which he thinks he killed once before, so he's very confused. Uh, he manages to kill this one. He runs into Ben and Alicia as they're flying over. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" Then he gets attacked again. Ben goes down to by help him. multiple yeah. Piranha dudes. Um, ben goes down to help him. I'm already spending too, too, too much time on this. Upshot is everybody, or Namor and Thing get taken captured, as well as Alicia is taken hostage. They're forced to fight in a ring. Um, yeah. Otherwise, the Piranha will kill her. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, the Piranha reveals to Alicia that they're going to kill everybody, no matter what. They all fight and free each other. The the thing about this is that so the the original piranha that Namor fought apparently was Namor turned his school of piranha against him because he had like regular piranha that he was controlling, and so they wound up eating him and. The piranha that ate him then each became a copy of him because of his blood, you know, in the way that when I eat a, a, an underdone hamburger, I then strip naked and start chewing grass. Um, yeah, but whatever. In the end, they managed to bring down the entire place on the Piranha Dudes, and hopefully that's the end of that. I don't. I didn't even look it up. That's how little I cared. Um, so Marvel 2-in-1 number 29 uh, has a cover by Rich Buckler and is inked by Sam Granger uh, and lettered by John Costanza. Um... They get to England and they go and look around for apparently like the whole the whole like deathlock is going to shut down completely if we don't get this thing off of him. Uh not as pressing as you is, might think. 
is abandoned pretty quickly because they're just like, let's go have a walk around Piccadilly Circus or whatever. And it's just like, priorities, Ben. Like, come on. Yeah. So eventually they remember I, they I have a thing they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, they go to Dr. Court's home, which has been ransacked. Um, we then switch to Shang-Chi, who, if you'll recall, has quit MI6 and is now just kind of bumming around London. So he's bumming around and he hears Alicia scream. So he goes to investigate, sees her freaking out and sees Ben and assumes that Ben is the reason. He attacks. There's a there's a brief heroes fighting heroes uh, until eventually uh, Shang-Chi realizes, oh shit, maybe I've got the wrong end of this. So he stops fighting and he's like, I am not going to fight anymore. Clearly I am in the wrong. And so they're then able to talk. Um, and uh, Ben explains why they're there. They talk about how the reason Alicia screamed was because there was blood, uh, in the house, in the house. Um, so Ben convinces Shang-Chi to reach out to Sir whatever. She, she figures out it's blood because she just tasted it. And like, I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that a thing you do? Like, I feel like you could maybe smell it first. Uh, but like she, it, this just makes me think that any weird liquid Alicia finds, she just immediately puts on her tongue. She's and at she goes to crime yeah. scenes and just licks bodily <laughs> fluids, and it's just like, nope, that one's semen. That one's <laughs> semen. Uh, and whoever it is, they need more iron. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, Ben convinces Shang-Chi to reach out to Sir Dennis, even though Shang-Chi doesn't want to. And Sir Dennis puts them on the trail of a hidden Hydra base. Um, they burst into this pub and everybody's just like, yeah, now what's all this said? Uh, and I know that sounds like I'm caricaturing the English people, but in fact, that's what the issue does. Like, yeah. there are... Through yeah, I mean, like, they they are very literally, when they burst into this pub, it is uh, stereotypical pub dwellers that are just like, Oi, what do you think you're doing? Like, you know. So, uh, they go into the kitchen and they rip up some of the shit in there until they find a, uh, a doorway which then gets them down into the Hydra base. They rescue Dr. Court. However, Dr. Court had finished whatever he was supposed to have done, and Hydra is able to uh, get it. Um, yeah, we find out in the course of this that Hydra now has recaptured Spider-Woman, and the, the thing they had Dr. Court doing involved them trying to make an army of spider women which is was really confusing because they don't explain how 
they got her back this issue, which is fine. Um, cause I don't need to know. Yeah. Um, but then they don't explain it back. It's explain it next issue either. It's the issue after that, that they finally like explain what happened after she parted ways with shield. Yeah. And it's just like for a whole issue, I'm like, wait, because they don't explain it for a whole issue. I'm like, did, is this even, is this even her? Like, did they make a new one? How did they? Did how we did they... miss something? Yeah. Like, like, did we miss some? Did I miss something? Like, did we? Like, maybe it's maybe it's clone or like all this crazy crap. And it's like, no, it's her. They just take forever to tell you that. And yeah, it's it feels, really annoying. Well, because it, it feels like it's shaped like a mystery, and it's really just. For I wanted it to be poor reading comprehension, but it's not. I just I wasn't missing anything. It just wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much the deal <laughs> This with some of this. It's just like, whatever, you'll find out. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to Marvel 2-in-1 number 30, which has a cover by Rich Buckler and Al Milgram, is penciled by John Buscema, uh, inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um... Ben and Alicia try to get back to sightseeing while Dr. Court works on Deathlock. Um, while they are doing that, uh, <clears throat> they there is an explosion. And we wind up with a confluence of three bumbling groups here. Uh, one is Ben and Alicia... One is Spider-Woman, who is looking to for Ben and Alicia so she can kill Ben at Hydra's behest. And then the third is these two crooks. I'm not going to get into who the crooks are as such. We'll get to the... I want to get to that when we get to the issue where the whole deal with them is finally revealed. But they're there. They're stealing a thing. Whatever. Um... So, Ben goes to where this bomb was set up by these two crooks. There's an explosion. There's bobbies laying on the ground. uh, Stuff like that. He goes in, confronts the crooks, but while that's happening, uh, Spider-Woman attacks. Um, They fight, uh, but Spider-Woman is sort of resisting the programming. Um... So she doesn't give it everything she could. Um, while they're after their fight, Ben winds up talking to British intelligence who put him in contact with Nick Fury. And Nick Fury explains that no, Spider-Woman isn't an enemy. She's She was a Hydra agent, but now like she broke free of them. So maybe be careful. Like, don't go out of your way to kill her. Um, Ben's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but they, Ben and Alicia are outside seeing once more, uh, at which point Alicia is kidnapped by Spider-Woman. Uh, Ben goes after her. The crooks are there again. Um, and... He loses Spider-Woman, but then picks up with her again later. Um, 
and their fight winds up not being resolved because there's a bomb in Big Ben set by these two crooks. They get blown into the into the Thames, and yeah, it. Ugh. This one is so all over the place. It really is. It really is. Um, I forgot how, and I read this two days ago, and it's still like Jesus Christ, because it's and then this, and then this, and then there's no like, yeah, a there's no big thing, right? Like we're never having a big gigantic fight it's kind of a street level i know it's spider woman and thing but like he's taking kid gloves on her she's not really into the fight with him and it's very yeah. it's very perfunctory that way and then we got these other two idiots causing annoying havoc and yep so there isn't a lot of air there it's just and then this happened and then this happened and then these idiots were involved again. And then and this it's happened. unnecessarily convoluted for as little as actually happens. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I Ideally, we'd be able to just plow through that issue. But it's just like, okay, wait. So, yeah, like, And we yeah. have to, they do, the only thing, like, from the idiot's point of view that is uh, revealed is that they're, they're pulling a series of heists to collect pieces of a map. Well, I was going to get to that in the next issue. I'm pretty um, sure they, they talk about it. Yeah. To, to, well, they do. Yeah. They do. I just, I don't want to, yeah. So you let do me just all, all of it once? Yeah, just to be like, these idiots show up and uh, they're there, but we'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Marvel 2 and 1 number 31 uh has a cover by ron wilson is penciled by ron wilson inked by sam granger and colored by janice cohen the bomb blast knocks ben and spider woman into the thames uh when they surface spider woman is just like oh my god that bomb blast plus the water in this gross ass river Shocked me out of the out of Hydra's control. Oh man! Thanks. The Thames in the seventies would have been horrible. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I imagine God. it's like the Hudson at pretty much any time in the last. Oh. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, when when they climb out of the river, it's then that Spider Woman sort of relates what had happened to her and we find out it was literally she walked away from Nick Fury at the end of her first appearance and was immediately (laughs) beset by Hydra who knocked her out and collected her so we didn't miss an appearance or anything like that it was just literally that she she finished dealing with Nick Fury in her first appearance and was immediately recaptured or brainwashed. She walked down off that mountain and was halfway across the field, but she gets hit again. It's hours. So anyway, yeah. uh, Spider woman's just like, I'm really sorry. Let me help you try and find your girlfriend, uh, which does not, does not go well. Um, They don't really have a ton of luck, but, then there are these other two assholes. Okay. So, 
these two crooks, there's a younger one and an older one. They are collecting pieces of this map uh, for unknown reasons. It turns out the older one tells this story about a, a, uh, what am I trying to say? Dutchman working for the Nazis during the Blitz who had been tasked with stealing something. He stole it, at which point he made his way out to try and find his superiors. His superiors had been killed, so he just buries it in the wreckage of Parliament uh, after it had been hit during the Blitz. Um, And then he had uh, made a map... (laughs) which he then split up and hid uh, and everything. And obviously the older man is that operative, whatever. They go and they get into Parliament and get the thing that they're looking for. Um, and yeah, whatever. They, um, well, but they, that's next issue. Yeah, it is. But that's that's the deal with them. Who cares? It's, uh, a, it's a weird treasure hunt. It's a national treasure treasure hunt based on... But that takes forever. One, one that I cannot imagine any reason why this dude had to do it this way. Like, if he just had a map, I don't, I don't think if anyone came across it, they'd just be like... Oh, well, this is clearly this one guy that no one knew about who stole a thing. Like, what? Just make a map, but, like, encrypt it a little bit, and you don't have to fucking go through this. Well, the thing that I was thinking was, okay, so you take your big box, because it's a box, right? Like, It's a bit... It's a, it's a fairly it's, sizable trunk. Yeah. And uh, he takes it into the wreckage of the bombed out uh, parliament building. Is that Westminster? And he then digs a hole and not a deep hole. (laughs) He digs a hole and puts it in there and you're expecting to believe that when they rebuild parliament, because they're gonna, duh, uh, yeah. they didn't find it as they were laying new foundation. Right. That That's one of those, like, weird... It's not... It feels a little bit like a cinema to be, like, poking at that bear, but at the same time, I'm like... That's one that actually brought me out of it. I was just like, they're gonna find it, you dipshit. Like, this, <laughs> this, This feels like a Dan Brown novel. In that it just makes me mad. Like, <laughs> I read it, I read it, and I'm just like, this is so convoluted, and it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, the thrust of this issue, though, is that Hydra uses the serum that they got from Dr. Court to uh, turn Alicia into a spider monster. Uh, and they use it, they put a thing on her head 
that acts as both eyes and a camera. So she then attacks Ben and Spider-Woman and they fight and it they tear shit up quite a bit over the course of this fight to the extent that like one of a, one of the cops in either this issue or the next bemoans the fact that now that England has their own superhero referring to Captain Britain this is the shit they have to deal with now um but in the course of things they they go in their fight takes them into a department store and uh Alicia webs up Ben and which brings uh, sorry yeah uh, spider woman realizes that the serum that they used on Alicia wasn't going to is actually going to burn out and they, if they push her too hard her metabolism could kill her that's right. the only really important thing that's happening sidelines all right yeah so the next issue they uh they fight Alicia and they uh Ben rips off the thing on her head and smashes it which then freaks out the Alicia spider and she starts just lashing out left right and center um when uh when things are looking bleak like either uh alicia is going to wind up killing them or they're going to have to stop pulling their punches invisible invisible girl arrives uh ben at one point had called the rest of the ff while they were looking for alicia and everything and uh sue arrives so she manages to use her force fields to cut off Alicia's oxygen. She passes out. They take her to Dr. Court. Uh, and <clears throat> Dr. Court's like, yeah, of course, I'll try and fix her. I owe you big time. Uh, we did forget to mention Dr. Court's daughter was also being held. And Ben and Shang-Chi saved her. Yeah. Uh, and so he's just like, I owe you everything. So, of course, I'm going to help your girlfriend. Um, Deathlock, meanwhile, has been repaired and just has to spend six months in a tube, apparently. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. ever. Um, Does he but, go back to his time at this point, or is he just here? Not not yet. He's, he's here for the duration of that six months. So he is stuck in a tube for now. Well, yeah, but then after that, does he go back to... His I don't know. I don't know timeline. what happens to him post tube. I I didn't look it up. Um, okay. I I try. So there are things I get curious about that I'm just like, I got to know if we see this asshole again or right. whatever. Yeah. And other things that I'm just like, I'm just gonna ride it out and see. I want to be surprised sometimes because you know we. Uh, and this is one of those, I guess. Um, so, uh, they take her, they take her to Dr. Court. Dr. Court's like, give me some time. And so Ben proceeds to go on a walk where he is pelted by, by people throwing tomatoes, uh, because he ripped up parts of London and he's thinking, you know, 
it's not fair to Alicia. She deserves a hell of a lot more than constantly being in danger because she made the mistake of loving me. As soon as she wakes up, I'm gonna I'm gonna end things. I'm gonna take her home, and that'll be it. Um, okay, but no, then normally when he does this, it's very very annoying, right? Mm-hmm. But like I don't know why. Maybe it's just the level of bullshit they've had to deal with already that I was like, I actually felt for him this time. Yeah, I was like, I I don't think that's the right move, but I get it. I find I think. In this particular instance, I get it that it's the move you want to make. And maybe it was the yeah. phrasing and the way that he was talking to himself or the fact that during the entirety of that inner monologue, he is getting pelted with shit and doesn't even notice it. Like, he, yeah. he's totally zoned in on this other thing. Like, yeah, I've been that kind of uh, deep in thought and fucked up and depressed and hate, you know didn't even want to think about the thing I was thinking about to not even notice the rest of the shit going on around me. That's yeah. so I was like, okay, I, I kind of get this time. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, Sue finds him and she's like, she's awake and she's like asking for you. Literally the first words out of her mouth were, I love you, Ben. And so he goes rushing back to her and they embrace and yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, the other thing that's super nice is like, he doesn't even try. Like, with yeah. and any other time that he, he does this shit, like, he'll go back and he'll be like, Alicia, there's something we got to talk about. I'm sorry. And she's like, I don't even... Normally, she'll be like... He'll, he'll be like, we got to talk about something, you know, or we need to, you know, table this or something, something. And he, she has to, like, talk him down. I love you, you idiot. Yeah. And just... this time, she's just like... He doesn't. She beats him to it so hard that he doesn't even have. He doesn't even have the strength to try, and that's cool yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing is, so our two idiot uh, bombers slash thieves, uh, and I feel like I should be making more of the fact they're setting off bombs in London, but. This whole thing is so utterly inconsequential. Uh, they yeah. find the treasure. At one point, the, the Bobbies blame the IRA. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we should probably. Guys? <laughs> this, this should be a bigger deal, but it's just so. The fact that ancillary. they're using. They're using bombings as cover for. Yeah should be a much more impactful de- and maybe it would be if this was late 70s but like that's that's incredibly callous um yeah. and just jesus but they it just comes up as it comes off as hapless right which is so fucking weird it's not given the weight that it should get yeah and it just winds up being the second, like, yeah, I hate, I hate this because they find their treasure and they manage to get it open, at which point they're sucked inside. Yeah. whoop de doo So 
that brings us to Marvel 2-in-1 number 33, which has a cover by George Perez and is colored by Francois Mouly and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um, Ben just wants to go home, but Alicia's like, I want to quote-unquote see Stonehenge. And so uh, they go to Stonehenge. The parking lot is packed, but then they get there and there's like nobody there. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out they're being followed by Spider-Woman because then they come under attack from these elemental creatures, uh, at which point Spider-Woman reveals herself and attacks the creatures. They are then transported below Stonehenge where they find all of the people who have been kidnapped by these things, including the thieves, and they're all like in a trance and being kept as prisoners. It turns out that the elemental creatures are have been uh, summoned by Merlin to capture this asshole Mordred the Mystic. Um, and they're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it costs. We'll destroy the planet in order to find this dude and transport him into the past so that Merlin can have him. And I find it so funny. We're still doing the whole Merlin is an asshole and a villain thing. Uh, And given that he's generally, if not heroic, he's usually portrayed as at least like mentoring the good guys or nominally on the side of good uh and here it's just no he's a prick (laughs) yeah that's one of the things that's uh that was difficult for me to get my head around because i was like wasn't he on arthur's side and isn't arthur the good guy arthur's the good guy okay that's yeah merlin merlin first showed up in journey into mystery uh as i recall he may have made appearances previously, but the first time I recall him showing up was Journey into Mystery, and he was a straight-up villain. Um, and it, so every time something like this happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's an asshole in this in this yeah. reality. Um, but so Mordred shows up, and he helps them, and uh, they wind up destroying all of the various he destroys all of the elemental uh, entities. And then when it's all said and done, he, he talks to spider woman. And this is the first time we get an indication that the whole elevated spider turned into a woman thing is bullshit. Yeah. Because he's just like, let me teach you some stuff. I can help you regain your memories you are all woman, baby. Uh, and I like that there is some light at the end of that tunnel shown yeah. here and that it's handled fairly well because she's Mordred after the end of all of it, he wipes everybody's memory. <clears throat> and you might have said that already, except he tells, I can't get the issue to load, but he tells, uh, from what I recall, he asks Ben and Alicia if they want to have their memories wiped. And Ben's like, you should definitely do Alicia 
I'm leave, take it or leave it. Um, Spider Woman, he asked Spider Woman too, and Spider Woman's like, eh, I don't think so. I kind of like my memory. I'm kind of tired of people messing with my memories. <laughs> and he's like, good on you. You too. Uh, Alicia fights back against it. She's like, I don't want to have my memory. I want to remember you. And Ben's like, well, okay. And they wander away. And memory serves. They had told Mordred no. And then he, and does, then it he does it. He does it anyway. Is that what happens? Because yeah. I can't get yeah. the issue to load. That's that's the way I took it. Was he? They said no. We'll keep the memories. Thanks. And he's just like okay. And then they walk away, and he's just like, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> and uh, doodly doodly yeah. doodly do. Um, yeah. But, so so Mordred's kind of a dick too. Yeah. I mean. It really, because Mordred had shown up previously, apparently, and we just didn't read the issue. Um, the thing about it is, it generally seems like uh, Mordred versus Merlin is just a who's a bigger dick uh, contest, and who cares. But overall, I will say... There were some interesting things. I feel like the the thieves should have been a bigger deal, um, especially given that they were carrying out bombings in the UK in the 70s. Um, but instead, they're relegated to uh, MacGuffin to introduce the Mordred thing. And it's bullshit, and I hate it. Overall... Oh, they do mention the Darkhold, though. Which I think is the first time I've seen the Darkhold mentioned. The Darkhold? Yes, the Darkhold. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, uh, it may have been. I'm not sure. I'll look it up. But... Well, do what? Well, it's definitely the first time I've seen it come across, which is neat. I'm just... I know. I'm just curious as to whether it is the first mention of it um, that we've encountered. Yeah. Uh, the this this run of Marvel two and one is a little all over the place. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's all over the place inside the issues. Like yeah, yeah. It's, but especially it's a, from it issue a, to issue. Yeah, it is a grab bag. So, but anyway, what do you think? Uh, okay. What do I think? <laughs> I think we get a couple of decent character moments built in, uh, yeah, hiding amongst a lot of like, why are we doing this? We get maybe not why are we doing this? Get to the point, but it's like, is this necessary? Like, yeah, because I don't know yet. It feels like it might be, but you're being a hell of a tease. Um, and then they... I liked the Spider-Woman stuff, I think. I wanted just, I wanted more of her with more agency. Because it kind of th- felt like things were just kept happening to her and she was there. But like I couldn't get a strong read on who she 
is as a person. Uh, yeah. It teases at the end of the Mordred issue that is that where it teases that she'll be getting her own book. Uh, yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> that's cool. So I'm kind of excited about that, um, especially if we're going to find out like you know you're a human. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I know Jessica gets really fucking cool later on, but like at this point, it's like, I don't know, would it be more interesting to just keep her as like an extremely elevated Newman, new man? Yeah. Um, but, Newman! Newman! But they, so they're going to do that. I don't know. It's, it's so all over the fucking place. I love Namor for the first time in a really oh no that's this that's this run of defenders that i really like him in shit okay well i like the bits about like uh about ben being like she deserves better than this she deserves to have an actual life where she's not constantly fearing for her safety but then he goes and like the minute he sees her it's like Ah, fuck it. And he, they, like, embrace and kiss. Um, well, and he doesn't even have, like, we don't even do the bullshit where we have to take the time to decide, is Ben being selfish? It's like, no. They just dig each other a whole bunch and they want to stay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah let's just do that. This isn't hard. Yeah. So... There's a couple... There's a couple good bits in here, but overall it's kind of a mess and with the characters come and go throughout this at such breakneck speeds even more so because since it's since it's a an overarching story that we're doing here instead of just one or two off issues you just wind up like shang chi is there and then he's not and then like mordred is there and then he's not and stuff like that, and it's just like, slow down there, cowboy. That's, like, the, that's the inherent issue I kind of always have. That's my dread. That's the that's the dread reaction that I always get whenever I see a big run of two-in-one or a big run of, t- of team-up. Because I'm just yeah. like, oh god, this is going to be exhausting. And yeah. not in the fun, breathless way. More in the, and what's happening now? Oh god, okay, so you have to take... <laughs> two pages to explain to me who the fuck this guy is. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. Certain, certain books leave you, leave you exhausted, but in like a marathon bone session, uh, or yeah, roller, day of roller coasters kind of way where it's just like, Oh man, I had so much fun. I just need to sit and like, yeah, that was, that was last just, week. X-Men right. last week was that, where it was like, holy shit, I, that's so cool. I cannot believe we're doing this already. Like, And then, oh my god, if we're doing this already, then it means the other thing is coming really soon. Jesus Christ, like, that yeah. is one kind of breathless. This is like, uh, why do we, oh, I'm so tired because I ran an actual marathon. And my brain yeah. hurts because I was reading War and Peace as I read, as I ran the marathon i feel so far so sorry for that poor boy that i made carry that heavy book um yeah defenders number 51 
which has a cover by George Perez, Pablo Marcos, and John Costanza, and is written by David Kraft, penciled by Keith Giffen, inked by Klaus Jansen, and colored by Phil Rachelson. Um, this issue, not a lot really happens. It's mostly wrap-up for uh, Defenders number 50 and the whole Scorpio thing. And then... Uh, and then setting up where things are going to be going going forward well i mean Um, kyle has to kyle has to justify his capitalism so there's that okay (laughs) Uh, and val starts going to school that's about the, the runner yeah yeah i mean the majority of this issue is tied up with Nighthawk fighting the ringer and it's really annoying <laughs> because in 2020 it's hard not to identify with a lot of what the ringer is saying and yeah. Nighthawk's response cuz the ringer is just like You exploit natural resources. You exploit the people who provide labor to you without actually contributing anything yourself. You were just handed everything uh, and you haven't... You inherited your company and you haven't really used it to do anything new. You haven't added to the overall store of human knowledge or progress. You just accumulate money and Nighthawk's response is basically, you're just jealous? And it's just like, uh Well, he does do a little bit of introspection before he finally is like, fuck this, I'm beating this guy's ass. Because <laughs> he does he does do a little introspection, and it seems like maybe in the long run, this may get somewhere with him. I kind of but... doubt it. But, like... I doubt it, but it may. We'll see. It really depends on who's writing him. Yeah, all I know is the actual argument during the fight feels like the replies to an Elon Musk tweet. And it's just tiring. (laughs) Like, it's one thing thing when you're actually calling out real billionaires, (laughs) but... Seeing that day-to-day on Twitter or whatever, and then, like, reading about it here is just like, uh I already do um, this. Um, but they... Eventually, Kyle beats his ass, like, possibly a little too hard. Um, and the only other thing that's... So there's like three setup kind of things in this, which is uh, Kyle doing that thing, and then um, Valkyrie going to try to register for school, sort of failing miserably, and then being, is that this issue? Yeah, being beset by these two dudes that are just like, we're your friends now. And I was like, yeah. is that how things work? Like, well, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in college, but can you just 
go up to someone and be like, hi, we're friends now. Because I feel like now, if I tried that, they'd be like, no, you're getting arrested. You fucking weirdo. Yeah. Um, The thing about it is, that's how relationships work. Um, That's how relationships work when you're in kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. it you come up to someone and um and you're like we're friends now you can't it's yeah. I wish it still worked like that as an adult where you could just come up to people and be like hi I would like to be friends or like when you re when you reach a point where you're like friends but you like want to become better friends you can just be like hey so. I like where our friendship is at. I would like to become better friends. Yeah. Like, we should do that. Yeah. Like, how, and even that part is difficult. Like, how do you... You feel so dumb. Anyway, so she makes friends. But both of these dudes obviously want to fuck her. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, do- even from the outset. Dollar Bill but, and a guy named Ledge. And it's not... Dollar Bill from Watchmen. Although that was difficult to get out of my fucking skull. Um, And as they're walking along, they start talking about this guy called Lunatic, which, wow, if you want to find a weird, weird, weird wiki rabbit hole to fall down, start in on that guy. Lunatic? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I did that, and I'm like, oh god, oh god, why no. am I? Yeah, and it's very, oh god, no, oh god, why am I still, why am I still looking at this? Um, and the last bit that happens in this sort of set of issue is uh, Red Guardian is picked up at the airport. She thinks she's going to to meet or being picked up by the KGB, but they leave Moscow, and she's told she's being taken to meet uh, code name Sergey. So yeah. And she's like, oh shit, what? Uh, yeah, not a lot happens so, yeah. in this issue except the fight with... You know what? It's and actually... Kyle Str... Do what? I was going to say, it's actually kind of a good fight. Because he gets his ass... They both get kicked around. Um, yeah. Because the ringer has this fucking weird bar in front of his face that Kyle... Thankfully, keep... they get rid of that eventually. But Kyle <laughs> like... keeps forgetting about it. And every time he goes to punch him, he hits the bar directly on. Like, fucking breaks his hand the first time and then nearly breaks his foot. And it's like, okay. Stop aiming for the face. (laughs) Nighthawk, uh, we need to to investigate the part where you're maybe an idiot, too. Um, But, yeah. the, The one other thing that's kind of odd here is that... Uh, so Jack gets the, gets a, uh, Jack Norris gets a job offer from Nick Fury. Oh, I forgot to He goes, yeah. he goes to the writing academy where the defenders have their base looking for Val because he's like trying to figure out what he's going to do. And I'm very, very trying to plow my head into the goddamn wall at this because I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Shut up, Jack Norris. He gets there and in a ref- refreshing change of pace, Patsy's like, 
hey, you'll do, and throws herself throws herself at him. And I I like the idea at this point in time of Patsy Patsy just enjoying being newly single. Yeah. Um and so like good honor. Like she's just like, let's go take a lover's walk, and he's like, ah boo da 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 And the like the best part is while they're on the walk, she just lays down the law. Like yeah. that's great. It's yeah. it's actually really nice. I don't give a shit about Jack Norris, and I never, ever will. I refuse to ever give a shit about Jack Norris. These these books tricked me into caring about Rick Jones occasionally, and Jack Norris is where I draw the goddamn line. But um, cut to six months from now. Oh my god, I can't believe and Max I lost is Jack. just like fucking Jack Norris. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but it's really good on Patsy because she, as a character, because A, she's empathetic, and B, like, she knows what's up um, as far as, like, their relationship. She clearly can pay attention. She knows how this stuff works. And and she's not bullshitting him at all. Yeah. She, and she's yeah. not, like, making a play at him to, like, get his mind off of her or whatever. He's, she's, maybe she's genu- genuinely interested, but, like, the purpose of the walk was to have this discussion with him so that maybe he'll feel better, but definitely Val will feel better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> um Defenders number fifty two has a cover by Gil Kane, Frank Giacoya, and John Costanza and is inked by Chick Stone, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Denise Wall. Uh, This issue starts with Namor arriving in New York City and just going for a regal walk down the street, um, ostensibly heading for the Baxter Building to receive help, but uh, Hulk is bouncing around and he's just kind of like, bleh, whatever, I'm Hulk. I'm just trying to get my head straight. Um, he, sees, and, he sees Namor and the people crowding around and it's like, maybe they're trying to hurt Fish. Fishman is my friend. Maybe those people are trying to hurt Fishman. I'll go help Fishman. And he steps in front of, or he jumps down, steps in front of Namor. And Namor's like, sorry, buddy, I don't have time right now. And he just pushes Hulk around, uh, like aside and continues on, and Hulk's like, fuck you then, and then they fight. Um, yeah. Which, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a Hulk fight. Like, it's Hulk and Namor fighting, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, Red Guardian, meanwhile, she is taken into this complex and given a Red Guardian costume to change into. Uh, once that happens, she is then dogpiled and has a cowl placed upon her head which makes her receptive to the this guy codenamed Sergei also known as the presence um and I have I have some su- stuff to say about this but I'm going to wait until we get done with defenders I have stuff to um, say about this specific issue with this guy which is okay. that I was really excited. I thought this was going to be cool as hell. Like this first, this setup is like, 
okay, she's in this underground cavern, and like it turns out this Sergei guy is way bigger in Soviet Russia than he and he has a lot of power and he's the power behind the power and like there's all this cool like weird the visuals are all like curves and that kind of technolo- technology instead of right uh angles and uh it's i'm like okay she's in some deep shit but maybe she can like i was real excited to watch her get out of this probably yeah. on her own and we'll get to that so yeah he basically Um, tells her i'm as he's got her under his sway he's like i'm gonna you're gonna be my wife a because i've been watching you from a distance and i really like what i see b um you and i are both going to start undergoing some pretty crazy nuclear uh experiments and uh then we're gonna blow up half of europe and that'll be fun as we as, mm-hmm. as we ascend to near godhood and it's like yeah okay i think this yeah. guy's a fucking nut bar and uh watching her figure her way out of this is gonna be fun right yeah right <clears throat> yeah <sighs> well and i like i said i have i have some thoughts about this but we will wait until yeah uh meanwhile valkyrie goes to watch a movie with dollar bill and ledge uh while they're there she gets into an altercation with a dude who keeps smoking behind them so she snaps his pipe in half uh and it turns out that dude is a professor of film at nyu uh he then introduces himself to her as professor turk there's a lot of talk about lunatic who keeps attacking people, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Nighthawk and Hellcat find out about Hulk and uh, and Namor fighting, so they go to stop it. Um, and they... <laughs> well, Hellcat comes to visit Kyle at work, and he's just like, oh my god, you're a godsend. But then while they're talking, they find out about the fight and they go to stop it. Um, And so at this point, once they're able to calm down both sides, they're like, okay, okay, everything's fine. Um, And Namor's like, well, I came here looking for the Fantastic Four, but you'll do. There is radiation leaking into my kingdom and I can't stop it on my own. Every time anyone gets near it, they're irradiated. Um, And they're like, well, we have Hulk, and Hulk's all about radiation. So, yeah, we'll help you. Um, Which brings us to Defenders number 53, um, which is... It has a cover by George Perez, Bob Wachek, and Irving Watanabe, and is penciled by Dave Cockrum, Keith Giffen, and... Mike Golden, inked by Terry Austin, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Joe Rosen. I want to say I dig the art in this issue because it has some really great um, panel setups. There's one where they're entering the Atlantean Council Room, and there's like 
It's them sitting at a table, but there's like a guard interposed in front and stuff like that. It is a very well, there were some really great panel setups in this issue. I love it. Anyway. I really like the cover. Yeah. The, the cover is also very good. The inking in, is, on the cover is really cool. And the, uh, yeah. I don't know. We haven't talked about the art much this week, but yeah, this this is good stuff. I mean, the the art generally this week is uh, is never really dips below competent most of the time, right? Um, but I just this issue particularly, like in a week of good art, uh, this issue did stand out because of the panel composition for me. Yeah. That's all. Um, so the event, the Avengers, the defenders, uh, get to Atlantis and they are, everybody explains what's going on. Um, there's a brief thing in here where Valkyrie has a run in with the lunatic. The lunatic recognizes her, uh, at one point during all of this, but that's just not really dealt with. So fuck it, whatever. Um, but so the defenders start moving to, uh, deal with the Russian nuclear situation. Meanwhile, um, the presence and red guardian are exposing themselves to more and more radiation and then um, at the end of this, uh, the the defenders are in a sub and headed toward the contaminated bit of ocean. As the presence sets off a big old n- underground nuclear blast, and they're in like the. I like the way that the. It's okay, so it's set up really well as far as like plotting, I suppose, because they're in a uh, they're in a cavern that's going down, and it turns out to be the vent for some some of the venting for where they've been doing their underground nuclear, or where the presence has been doing his underground nuclear tests. So there's actually a really neat bit of tension going on between what's going because they're already in a sort of tight situation. And you know that more bullshit is headed their way. Um, yeah. And I thought it was set up pretty well. Uh, anyway, so they yeah. get battered the fuck around. And uh, the presence reveals himself as they stand in a... The middle of a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Um, Are we doing this back thing? I figured we could talk about it real quick. Uh, the there were a couple. The this and the next issue have backup stories. This one is Clea the Mystic Maiden, which is written by Naomi Basher, penciled by Sandy Plunkett, inked by Tony Sammons, colored by Marie Severin, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Wherein Clea is uh, the victim of an attempted mugging, but she you know, deals with the dude in short order. But then it turns out that the guy has mystical powers. He captures her 
and uh, it, we find out that his plan is to transfer her mystic energies over to him, and he will continue to do this until eventually he is able to uh, become powerful enough to overcome Doctor Strange and become the new Sorcerer King of planet Earth. Uh, he manages to succeed in transferring the energies over to him, but then while he's moving in to uh, seemingly sexually assault Clea, she grabs a statue and cracks him over the head and then calls Steve and, and is just like, yeah, no, it's dealt with. If you can come on over here and help me get my power back, then we can move on. Um, and that's it. Uh, so attempted robbery, attempted rape. Um, just a fun time is had by all. Woohoo. Um, moving right along, we get to, uh, defenders number 54, which has a cover by George Perez and Ernie Chan and is penciled by Mike Giffen and Mike Golden, or Keith Giffen and Mike Golden, inked by Bob McLeod, colored by David Croft, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Bruce Patterson. Um, <sighs> sorry. Um, so we start with the aftermath of the explosion, and again, really fun panel composition here, where yeah. the... The inside of the sub that they're in is just being shredded. Um, yeah. and, and the outside is following quickly. And there's a lot of how are they going to... They're miles... Oh, maybe not miles, but they're hundreds of fathoms below the earth, or below the surface. They don't have time to get to gear. The Everybody's getting shredded inside this thing, and how are they going to get out of it? Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, we see the presence and uh, Tanya being bathed in nuclear energy, possibly atomized and reassembled. Um, and I also like this. This is a really fun reversal of what we normally get. So the escape from the bottom of the or from the the, the shredded ship. So, like, I was thinking about how often, you know the trailer for Black Widow, how they're, like, clearly falling from a great height amongst a, amongst a bunch of wreckage? This is that yeah. in reverse. The, yeah. All of the wreckage is going up to the surface, and everybody's scrambling, trying not to die from yeah. yet a, from a different kind of death, right? Not only do you not want to get hit by something, but you, it's not that when you hit the surface then you'll die it's you might die before you hit the surface this is fun yeah um yeah and it's kyle and hellcat get or nighthawk and hellcat hellcat manages to grab a a helmet and but kyle's knocked unconscious so mm -hmm. she does a good job of like okay my whole deal is get to kyle and get this helmet on him then i'll figure it out myself out of shit uh yeah. so and hulk on the other hand is pretty much alone but he's like okay the fish people are helping their friends i should go find my friends okay yeah. cool and namor's like fuck everybody's trying to help okay my people are getting 
all the way shredded, but the ones that are fine are going to be fine here. I need to go get the other the, uh, the other air breeders help so they converge on the other two eventually. Yeah. It's a really fun sequence. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, Dollar Bill invites Valkyrie back to his place uh, for some for the 70s version of Netflix and chill. Um, but as he's... Would you like to look he's... at my etchings? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as he's showing her the film he made about his life story, she falls asleep. Um, and Jack Norris goes to work, goes to try and find S.H.I.E.L.D. so he can start. Uh, fuck you, Jack Norris. Um... The backup issue, or the backup story for this is called Fury Times 5, which is written by Scott Edelman, penciled by Juan Ortiz. Um, I, I apologize. The end of the issue is the Defenders getting to the surface, and the Presence and Red Guardian are now nuclear beings. Um, but Fury Times 5 is written by Scott Edelman, penciled by Juan Ortiz, inked by Bruce Patterson, ke- colored by Ken Klochek, and lettered by Howard Bender. Um, Fury is doing a training session, uh, and he winds up in a room with like five LMDs of himself, which are attacking. They are then... Uh, it turns out that they're being controlled by a hooded figure, Fury manages to uh, get the drop on the guy and, like, smash through the glass. Uh, takes the guy down and discovers that it is uh, that this person is also a an LMD of himself. Um, and then Clay is there. And may or may not have done the whole thing. I don't know. I um, hate Clay Quartermain. He's really smiley, and it's and, annoying. And if I were Nick Fury, I would shoot Clay Quartermain in the knee every time I saw him. And it, each time I would just be like, oh, I just needed to make sure you weren't an LMD. There are other ways to do that, boss. Yeah, I know, but it's the same knee every time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... Uh, Defenders number 55 is, uh, has a cover by Gil Kane and Gil Kane, Joe Sinnott and Irving Watanabe is penciled by Carmine Infantino, inked by Klaus Jansen, colored by Klaus Jansen and lettered by Gaspar Saladino. Um, they, the Defenders come under attack from the Presence and Red Guardian. Um, there are some, there is a bunch that's happening here. First of all, the defenders are all quickly succumbing to, uh, radiation poisoning, which is something I really like here because usually radiation poisoning is kind of whatever, but, uh, but yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, we're getting sick and we're not, you know, Maybe it's lower than it would actually happen in real life, but the fact that they're even acknowledging it, I think, is impressive. Yeah. But uh, 
Nighthawk gets hold of Namor's horn uh, while looking for weapons to use against the presence. Um, Hellcat is trying to reach Red Guardian. Um, and... Uh, and slowly succeeds. Um, but Nighthawk blows on the horn. Uh, the presence, the presence does at one point, like, uh, hit Hulk, like with a blast, which winds up sending him sailing to Moscow, at which point he turns right around and comes back. Um, and they do, but, they do a fun thing with, he stands up and they're all yelling at him. Like, holy shit, you just fell through a minaret, dick. But it's in, the, the lettering is in Cyrillic. So he just like, stupid language, people talk stupid, bye. And he just jumps back to the fight, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's very um, But Nighthawk blows on the horn, which causes this huge beast to arrive and Nighthawk's like, oh, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Whoops. Uh, but then Hulk shows back up and starts beating on the creature. Um, the, uh, the creature winds up stumbling into the fight with Red Guardian and the presence. So Hulk is beating on this creature. Nighthawk's like, look out, look out, look out. They're all just like, what is going on? We're trying to have our shit out. Um, and so on and so forth. The creature is like uh, in the middle of all of this. And the presence is just like, ugh, fuck this. And just blows the creature's head apart. Um, but then the, the Red Guardian eventually Hellcat's words get through. And Red Guardian is just like, blah, okay. And like shuts the presence down by telling him, I don't love you. You are so completely enraptured by the idea of me. You don't want me though. I am just an object to you. And he's like, wow, wow. But I attained ultimate power. And she's like, yeah, but like also fuck you. Yeah, and, uh, her, her thing is like, yeah, but also why? What was this for? Like, good yeah. for good for you, I guess? And he's like, oh, shit. Like, that's a whole lot to lay on a dude. Yeah, you were trying to kill my friends. Yeah, I guess. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And, like, he basically just kind of goes, huh, and puts his head down and is like, I think I need to go have a think. And then just dematerializes himself to somewhere else. Um, and then there's a thing where Valkyrie is walking with Ledge and Ledge is just like, would you want to go out sometime like on a date? And she's like, you know, are you hilarious misunderstanding based on cultural differences? And he's like, no, you and I would go get dinner in like a romantic setting and possibly fuck. And he, but this is cut f- short by lunatic who then attacks and yeah, whatever. Uh, defenders number 50 or, um, so the defenders having defeated 
Red Pre or Red Guardian and the Presence are now just like, oh yeah, we're dying. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um Hulk, meanwhile, in this confrontation reverts to Bruce Banner. Uh so there's that. Yeah, uh, he gets Defender. blasted with enough radiation to reset him, which is yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh so Defenders number fifty six has a cover by Carmine Infantino and Klaus Jansen, uh, and is colored by David Kraft, lettered by Peter Iroh. Um, most, most of this issue comes down to one of two things. A, Valkyrie fighting lunatic, and B, the defenders are in Russia and have been collected by the Russian uh, military, and they are so completely fucked. Um, yeah. So the the defenders get surrounded by the military and Bruce Banner's like, hey, listen, he speaks to them in Russian and he's like, hey, listen, these people are all dying of radiation poisoning. We've got to save their lives. After that, we can deal with all this. And so they take them back and uh, the the thrust of it is Bruce Banner working on a, on a an innervator that will strip the radiation from their bodies um and his he's working on it but then his time tra- timetable is forced to move up because Patty is flatlining so he uses the innervator and it manages to save all their lives the thing that i like here um, but that isn't as fully realized as it could have been is the idea of Bruce Banner sitting here trying to save the defenders while at the same time, like keeping his emotions in check because if he hulks out, he's of no use to any of them and they will all die. Yeah. Um, it's that doesn't get as developed as well as it could be. Right. But because it's still real cool. I It's frustrating because I feel like they weren't sure they could do an issue about that. And so you have this fight against Lunatic. And I'm like, spare me the Lunatic shit and let me focus on Hulk trying to, on Bruce Banner trying to save them without hulking out. Um... But he manages to, at which point the question now becomes, what now? Well, the State Department is able to work out a deal wherein the the Russians will ignore the huge security breach of having uh, several Americans and the Prince of Atlantis uh, violating their sovereignty and the U.S. will just kind of keep quiet about the nuclear tests that were going on underground. And everybody's just like, okay. And so the defenders are being driven to an airstrip to take them back to the U.S. And they're like, what about Tanya? Like, what is, what's going on there? And the ambassador is just like, you're lucky you're not going to a Russian military prison. She's a Russian citizen. Yeah. She's not your problem. Just be happy you're not in a gulag. <laughs> and... Get on the... Like, I love... 
like we get a lot more of this later with obviously with the is that christopher priest um uh black panther kind of stuff where like this international play is always kind of fun where it's where like we've just got one exasperated state department dude who's just like get on the fucking plane get on the plane you're you have ruined my whole month get on the fucking plane right now and don't yeah and And, the and the state department guy is just like you've ruined talks we were going to be having yeah we were we had to completely jettison everything we were going to do do so as to avoid an international incident do you think i I don't want to hear you yeah do you think i wanted to use my leverage about with these nuclear tests on you no i had other plans like you fuckers uh yeah get on the goddamn plane so they get on the plane and they go home Um, yeah meanwhile the lunatic fight is whatever lunatic i so we have to do the setup so do what we uh, the only thing i want to do with the lunatic thing is like the setup and the why so he's got no conscience or like no he's basically like a proud cat who's coming to show who wants to show valkyrie the rats that he caught except that they're drug dealers and he murdered them and she's like holy shit you asshole what did you do and he's like they're drug dealers they're criminals fuck them and she's like yeah no that's not the way we do this i'm gonna not you know we're gonna fight now and she's just flat of her blade at first until Luna Ledge tries to get in the way and he just straight cracks him in the goddamn face and yeah. uh, he's should be dead and uh, they I know he's probably not because we're going to have to do this idiotic love triangle for a little while longer but he should definitely be dead Yeah. Uh, and at that point she's like okay no uh, gloves off they run through the city fighting each other um he keeps getting away from her every time he's got her he's she's got him pinned down and uh at the end he jumps in front of a moving train and it looks like he's gonna die but he doesn't i characters like lunatic are boring because they're they're the comic book kind of crazy, which is to say, like, I talk in ways that people just don't understand, and ah, oh, yeah. I'm wacky, and it's just like, stop, please stop, don't do this. Well, it's also don't do this. It's also one of those annoying things where the writer had created this character in a different book and was got the editors to agree to let him bring it over to this book, and it's. And then yeah. you Google it and you find out what the whole deal is and your brain goes, oh, fuck. Nope. Shut it down. Yeah, it's literally one of those, yeah, my brain goes, nope, not dealing with that. That's yeah. too That's too stupid. Uh, it I, is. I re- it's so dumb. I, I refuse to deal with this. And uh, we're. I guess I'm going to have to face it in real time over the next god what six or seven years of comics is that is that how long it lasts until he 
collects himself is like seven or eighty four or five. Issue or year? Year. Oh motherfuck. Okay. I didn't get that far into it. I I read I read some of the wiki and I was just like, I don't care. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to have to deal with this. And then after he collects himself, he fucks off for a while and then he comes back as a very nineties Lobo and it's it's super keen. Very nineties. Like moving on. Yeah. Is that the it, it for this week? Iron Fist, number 13. Okay. Has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Irving Watanabe. Is written by Chris Claremont. Penciled by John Byrne. Inked by Dan Adkins. Colored by Marie Severin. Lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Susan Fox. And edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, Iron Fist and Misty go to meet Alan Kavanaugh, but then, oh, what do you know? It turns out that they come under attack from Boomerang. Um, they, they fight. Iron Fist is knocked off this boat and into the harbor, and everybody just kind of waits to see if he comes up. At which point, the, the villains of the piece are just like, I guess he's dead, and leave. Um... Misty waits, and when he comes up, she helps him out and warms him up. Um, they get into an argument, because Misty, Misty talks about how uh, somebody is asking her to go undercover to take down this crime boss, and, like, um, everybody who's tried has wound up dead, and she she's like, I don't think I'm going to do it. She's clearly, like, reaching out to Danny and waiting for him to be like, no, don't do it. Stay here with me. And uh, he's just like, oh, uh-huh. Uh, but then, like, after she helps him out, um, he's like, they've taken Alan. We've got to go and help him. I like this bit because yeah. she is like, uh, why are you wasting time on that prick? Like, he blew people up. Yeah. And Iron Fist is like, Alan Kavanaugh believed in a cause and is now living a his own personal hell because of it. I understand what he's done. He's trying to live a better life, and she's like, and she like shows him his her arm and is like, someone like him did this to me. Yeah, I am not putting my neck out for a dude like that what the fuck and he's just and um and he she's like if you go after this yeah like that's it bro i'm gonna go take that undercover assignment and you probably won't see me again and iron fist is just like i'm gonna you, yeah it's just he's just like i'm gonna go so I guess, I guess this is it. That's it. And, yeah. uh, in her, in her head, she's, Misty is clearly disappointed by this. And, yeah. um, but they're both in, they're both at intractable positions about yeah. why, 
Like I get both. I get. I get both of them, and I'm like, well, right. this sucks, ish. But Danny needs to. We're not gonna get a lot more Iron Fist in this run or in this volume, but like, if we were, Danny needs to go figure out his ship, Colleen. He doesn't need to start this with Misty. Like, he at least, even if that's even if they're not romantic anymore, he and Colleen need to have like, oh, a talk, a talk, and be like. I'm sorry I invaded your mind, but I was really didn't want you to die at the time. Like, and yeah. she needs to let him have it as well. Like, she's clearly got pent up rage about that thing, and if she wants to, she needs to lay into it too. Yeah, because um, she's pissed. Um. Anyway, they fight Boop. He goes and assaults the place where they're holding on to. Kavanaugh, they fight Boom. Him and Boomerang have a fight again. Uh, this time he's able to A, keep him in close spaces so that he can't jump around as much, and B, when he does get outside the boat, uh, he attacks him from behind. Uh, way to go, Honor, there. There's a giant Boomerang explosion, and uh, it looks like all of the IRA dudes and Boomerang are killed. With the and Kavanaugh manages to just barely survive, and uh, they talk about it. Uh, next issue, I accidentally hit like the so the uh, the next issue tease says Snowfire, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but then I accidentally, or, you know, I hit the you know, the next issue in series button, and it's like, fucking Sabretooth. Cool. Yeah. I actually, I, until I got rid of all my comics, I owned the first appearance of Sabretooth. Yeah. Um, it was the only issue of Iron Fist I owned, and I was fine with that at the time. Now, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it, so next issue we do get Sabretooth, and that's cool. Um, but whatever. This issue was, this issue was fine. It's mostly interesting to see Danny and Misty's blow up, and I'm curious to see where that's going to go, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, I refuse to take Boomerang seriously as a villain. Uh, I know we covered this some last week, but Captain Boomerang is at least, like, kitschy. Like, he's, you know, like, woo, Captin' Boomerang! Like, I'm... I, that went southern for some reason. I'm gonna blow you up, mate! You know, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Boomerang... <sighs> I feel like... There are certain characters that Marvel has always needed to just accept suck. It's fine. Not every character is going to be a winner, and that's okay. And But the, the, the characters like that are most fun when Marvel accepts that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're um, still treating Boomerang too seriously here. 
Yeah. Like, and he's not. He's not. No. He's a dude who throws boomerangs. Boomerangs are fine, but I don't... If I see a dude coming at me with a boomerang, I'm not that worried. Like... <laughs> well, and like, I kind of think about it like the same way that I think the rogues and Spider-Man's rogues gallery are sort of similar. Like, they're goofy-ass motherfuckers, but they're that way because that's the character. That's that's your guy, right? Yeah. Like, Boomerang is a much... Boomerang is the kind of villain that I'm like, you would fit in if you were treated kind of goofy by and we're in Spider-Man or Daredevil. Then I'm yeah. then I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Um Iron Fist, this is Stilt Man, same deal. Exactly. Like, yeah, like they know Stilt Man sucks. Like, yeah. well, not yet. They haven't figured that out just yet, but like Stilt Man sucks. And yeah. but once once they like treat Stilt Man as the joke that he is, it's so much more fun. It's like Kite yeah. Man, right? Like Kite Man sucks. Yeah. And is, yeah, I don't know. Boomerang could be that, and uh, they just sort of fucking refuse. Which yeah, is weird. Whatever. Uh, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's top five. One thing I forgot to do was to bring up my big issue with the Defenders storyline this week. Um, There are a bunch of examples in... uh, So mind mind control is a problem when it comes to the uh the free will of the people involved and stuff like that but comics has a tendency and it's really gross uh to make mind control so much worse for women and this is the case here this is the case with uh jessica jones and purple man this is the case with mandrill and this is the case with Ms. Marvel when she winds up having yeah. Immortus's baby who then becomes Immortus, but then whatever, or Marcus, but it's Immortus baby. Um, and it's, and it's frustrating because there isn't real, there has yet to be, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there are plenty of examples of this. There are female characters who make men fall in love with them. But none of those situations progress to this same degree. You know? Yeah. Like, when when men in comics get mind-controlled into loving women, it's a Poison Ivy situation. Um, and generally speaking, the, the guys' lives don't get nearly as wrecked as the women do. 
Yeah. Um, and, well, and even a Poison Ivy situation, I don't think I've ever read a Poison Ivy story. Well, it's possible I haven't read many Poison Ivy comics, but also, let's think of the Batman animated series. Your poison, your average Poison Ivy situation lasts, I'm gonna call it, at most a couple hours. Well, she so she kills people. Sure, but like. I, I think a case could be made that being mind-controlled by a woman and then dying is bad. But being mind-controlled by someone into living with them, loving them, fucking them. Yeah. All, of the, all that that entails. And then being freed from that mind-control and having to live with that for yeah. the rest of your life is so much worse. Yeah. And I cannot think of a story where that happens to a guy in DC. Uh, there's a uh, fatal, uh, who hates green lanterns and, um, and, uh, wants to murder them all but then she becomes a star sapphire and falls in love with john stewart the guy who literally blew up her planet uh but then at one point her ring gets taken off and you find out that the ring was controlling her she did not love him she was inside the whole time screaming and stuff like that and it's just like Ew. And they're just, like I said, I can't, I can't think of a situation like that where a male character goes through that and it's gross. Yeah. And it's one thing, it's one thing to encounter that in the seventies and be like, well, that's just the, the, um, attitudes of the seventies. Oh, well. Um, and you know, right off. Because it just keeps happening. Well, it keeps happening up to the present day. And it's just like, what are we doing? <sighs> um, you know, it's it's gross in the 70s. It's gross to read the, the issue where Ms. Marvel is having her weird fucked up husband baby. And uh, Beast is just like happily sitting there as she's being mind controlled and be like, I'll be the teddy bear. And it's just like, ew, dude. Uh, But yeah, it's just it's weird. And if somebody who's who's like following this can think of an example where a guy goes through something similar, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear that maybe things aren't as bad as I'm making them out to be. But right now, I just got to say, ew. Yeah. Anyway, top five. Top five. All right. For me, uh, it was kind of slim pickings all over the place. Um, But... uh, so this one's a little nebulous and weird, but like the promise of Spider Woman's future, like okay. we get that we get that laid out today where she gets she finally starts to get some 
to make some of her own choices this year or in that last issue of two and one. And that's, even though she doesn't have a lot of options at that point where it's like either a wander off again, probably get captured again, probably end up in Hydra or Ames employ again, or go find shield. I'm going to sneeze. I like to think I, I like the idea of her being sort of a, proto winter soldier in that she's indoctrinated and you know is a is an agent for somebody no sooner does she get free than she's immediately recaptured and brainwashed yeah and so on um but, it's it sucks that it keeps happening to her and i'm actually kind of glad that they're she took the option that was well you're fucking weird but at least you have the promise of answers. Like, I don't <laughs> like I don't like you. You're kind of fucking weird. But you say you clearly were able to mind, you know, wipe the memories of these of this crowd. Maybe you'll be able to help me with my memory. And like, we can figure this out. That's and if not, I I'm gonna peace. Um well, what I find funny about that is the fact that her next appearance is literally Spider-Woman number one, and Mordred is just mm-hmm. gone. Like, he's he's somewhere wherever. But, anyway. Uh, so, I like that idea. Um, I hope it's good. Uh, number four uh, is Patsy just setting Jack Norris straight. And, like, mm-hmm. her reasons behind that are good. Uh, it's a good character moment for her because at, at the outset, it's like, let's go on a lover's walk. Ha, da, da, da. I'm all crazy and uh, manic pixie dream girl kind of thing. And then he, she gets out there and she's like, yeah, but really, you need to get over her. And, like, you can tell... Like I said during the what during the reading was, maybe this is good for Jack, if, as far as she's concerned. But it's definitely going to be good for Val, and like that's why she's there. That's what yeah. this whole thing is for, and I like yeah. that a lot. Um, number three, Ben being a big good baby, um, because we don't get a lot. Like okay. And what I'm talking about is the the scene where he gets he's getting the shit thrown at him while she's getting fixed, and he's uh-huh. like he's like I'm gonna break up with her. I know it sucks, but every time we try to be together, um, like he she's getting in trouble, and she, I, it's not fair to her. And then he goes, he gets told that she's awake, and she's asking for him. And the first thing he's like, well that that is all gone, and yeah. he doesn't even try to fight it, and it's just they just well, kiss yeah and it's and great so good um then, well ben ben gets ben gets really annoying when it comes to alicia because he's just always like i don't understand why you're with me and even this week she like outlines for him these are the reasons why and he's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. yes but, but in his head he's just like I just don't understand it. I don't get <laughs> why she put it. I'm a rock monster. Why does she? And she, 
And I just, I want to be like, she's telling you, you <laughs> stupid fuck. <laughs> when he does that thing where he just fixates on the fact that he's a giant rock monster and the only reason she loves me is because she can't see me. And it's like, she can still touch your face, idiot. She does it all the time. She knows what you look like. Like, would you quit it? And, yeah. When he does that, it's super annoying. This week was better because he had... His reasoning was different. Um, And it was also better because he didn't fight her on her... Fight her on it as soon as he saw her again. It was just over and gone. Better. Yeah. Do more of that if you have to do this. Uh, Number two. Namor just wants to be a better king. Holy shit, this is also one of those, like, relief things where I'm tired. One of the reasons I don't really like Namor is because he's annoying and he just fucking is so goddamn Namor. And this was a good week of him just being like, okay. We're not going to start shit with the surface world. We're just going to defend ourselves. Um, and one of the re- things that we have to do, I finally have my people back after all the bullshit that we've been through on the island and here and underwater and the explosions and all that other shit and them being all catatonic for like two years. I just want to protect my people now. Like, yeah. I have clearly learned my lessons and... I'm just going to be a good king. And I'm still goddamn Namor, so if you get in my way from protecting my people, I will fuck your shit all the way up. But, like, I just... It's so much of a relief. Um, And then number one is the the race to the surface after the submarine gets uh, blowed up. I like it so much. It's such a good sequence because they all work together really well. Um, I expanded on, on this pretty thoroughly during the reading but like they and it's such a good it's a refreshing change we haven't seen that kind of like people fall out of the sky all the time this is they're so goddamn deep underwater that they have to it's a different type of peril mm-hmm. and I, I liked it as a mirror image thing I, I just like the whole sequence a lot so that's me okie dokie yep uh I do want to mention something I forgot to say during the course of the episode is that during the Namor uh, issue of um, uh, of Marvel 2-in-1, they did one of my favorite things comics does where uh, a character will have a thought and they will pursue that thought but then they will finish uh, that thought out loud and it just makes them look like a crazy person. And there was a perfect example of this because Namor is fighting all of these piranha dudes and he's like, he's thinking and they come at me all as one. Then he thinks, then let them attack. And then he says out loud, you hear that men fish? The Avenging Sun stands ready. And it's like, Namor, it's really important to me that you understand the difference between thinking and saying. Because no, they didn't hear that. That was in your head. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, my top five. Um, number five is at the beginning of Defenders number 51, as we're getting the, uh, the last few things wrapped up with Scorpio. Nighthawk and Moon Knight are broing up and they're just like, yeah, we fought really well together. That was like completely natural. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe we could chill sometime. And like Nighthawk's like, how did you survive in that tank with just the beer can? And Moon Knight's just like, well, I drank the beer and then I like used the empty can I held the I held the can to my mouth and breathed what oxygen was in there to survive long enough until the tank was emptied. And Nighthawk's like, "That's so cool!" And it's just it's such a weird kind of like bromance moment, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, number four is uh, is uh, Bruce Banner has to keep things in check. Uh, in order to help the other defenders like he can't he can't get upset he can't get you know distressed at the plight that his friends are going through because even allowing that in opens the door to the hulk and yeah. uh i really wish that it had more room to breathe right uh number three is uh the american ambassador has no time for the defenders bullshit yeah. He's just like, shut up. Don't worry about it. Get your ass on the plane. Yeah. I have done what I can, and you need to say thank you. <laughs> sit down. Um, number. Uh, I just, I love it when. I do, I do not know why, but it's so satisfying when superheroes get just put in their fucking place by normal people. Like, because they're pretty well cowed after the end of this. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll get on the plane. Yeah. I mean, he yells at them first and he's like, you should just be. And they're like, what about Tanya or Tanya? And then she's like, he's like, I, she's a Russian citizen. What do you want me to do? And they're like, well, yeah. Yeah. Get on the fucking plane. Okay. (laughs) Like, I love it. Yeah. Uh, number two was Misty blows up over bombers, which is not the best way to word that, but I found it funny. Look at this face. (laughs) I, (laughs) I get you. Um, it is disapproving. (laughs) Yes. If you could see the face he's making at me, uh, it was slightly withering. Um, (laughs) like your face is. No one has ever accused me of having a withering glare. Well, I mean, your face is generally such... You've got kind of a goofy look to you, so you can't quite manage fully withering, but it was slightly withering. Like, you you tried, and it was adorable. Uh, But no, like, I liked... I liked how, you know, it... It was. It was a it was a great character moment. It was a moment wherein her past trauma was yeah. laid bare and she's just like, dude, I get that he's your friend, but also like why do you think I would be on board with saving this asshole? Yeah. Like in what world does that make sense? Well, and it and doesn't I, even have to go that way. Like it doesn't end up having 
to go the way that it does if Danny isn't so like forceful or assumptive that she would help him with this. Like, yeah, if he would just be like, you know what? I understand you got to step out. Um, I still got to go though. So are we cool? And if she's like, as long as you don't make me fucking help him, she could say that like she still gets to have a choice at that point too. Like if she wants to make it a thing or not, but like Danny makes it a thing and it didn't have to be. Yeah. And you know, like I like the fact that in the course of the conversation, she says they couldn't make anything stick, but you said yourself, he did those things. He admitted to doing those things. What makes him, so important to you and i feel like all danny would have to say is uh yeah but like he should face justice not get carved up in an ira yeah revenge killing and maybe she'd be more on board with it than she is now but yeah like i completely understand why she's just like no dude um well and that's the like it's a good scene and it could have gone several ways but mm-hmm. it's still good right yeah like there it the reason it's good is because i get both people's point of view right yeah. like they, they're both clearly stated they're at loggerheads and one of them makes a move that breaks and yeah. they have to go their separate ways and like it really didn't matter which one of them made the move. Uh, it's the fact that they got to that place is really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. And again, Chris Claremont, man, like, but anyway, uh, so that was number two. Number one is Ben immediately forgets uh, dumping Alicia as soon as he finds out she's okay. Uh, you know, I, Ben is frustrating, but I also kind of understand it. And I feel like, I feel like this is one of the more relatable things about Ben is because, you know, with my depression and anxiety, when I'm, when I'm sitting there and I'm like really wallowing in the depression and I haven't showered, and like i'm just not in a good place i look at my wife and she and i'm like i just don't even understand why you love me like i don't understand why you're here and she's like because i love you you fucking idiot (laughs) and like this is this is a very relatable relationship for me however much it may annoy me as a reader i'm also just like yeah that checks out (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's it for this week. Now, next week, we have either a lot of of Captain Britain or a fuck ton, depending on how we do it. Because you and I have discussed... Yeah, and I checked it out, and they're most eight pages. Yeah, so I feel like we could... It, it would be a whole lot of Captain Britain, but it would get it over in the in a week rather than spreading it out over two. Oh, God, you're going to make me. Okay. 
I mean, this is all optional, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't have to do this. <laughs> um, Our significant others would probably be much happier if we spent not two hour or two or three hours a day or a week doing this. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, they're all short issues, so... I don't know. We'll discuss it and we'll see how it shakes out next episode. But next episode is definitely going to be a Cap- Captain Britain episode, if not the Captain Britain episode. So we'll see. Um, but in the meantime, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us both individually and at Watchers Guide MU on Twitter. Uh, email us at watchersguide at gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com and have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye.